my sisters, you know we are coffee stands here at OKSIS, and of course, a major proponent of propelling women forward. So what if we told you that your morning coffee could support girls going to school? With Goran Goza Coffee's Girls Run the World blend, you can do just that. Girls Run the World Blend, I'm so down. Each bag equals a day of education for a young woman in Mozambique. And as you ladies know, my husband has been getting super into coffee over here at my house during quarantine. So he made a nice, rich, incredible pour over with the Girls Run the Coffee World Blend. And we can say quality is A++. So obviously we got you sisters a deal so you can start your morning right with quality coffee while also making an impact in women's education. Use code OKSIS, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, for 20% off your first order at gorongozacoffee.com. That's G-O-R-O-N-G-O-S-A coffee.com for premium coffee with real impact. And as always, that link is in the show notes. Happy coffee drinking, sisters, and let's just all agree that girls run the world. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy. As we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? Hello, hello. Hi, sisters. Hello, sisters. I'm Scout. I'm Mads. And we are the sisters. Were you going to say it? <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm given you all the low energy today yeah because Mads has been seriously ill for the last few days this has been the weirdest week of my life yeah I don't know what's going on with your body my body is rejecting every single thing so just a heads up on this episode it was just me because Mads started violently puking before our literally scheduled 30 podcast minutes, 30 minutes before I started violently throwing up and I was like, I was so, so, so pissed because as you all know, I'm obsessed with John and Vinny's and I'm also obsessed with Courtney, who's our guest today. And I was so bummed out, but um, it was a good thing I, I didn't do it because I vomited, I think, 20 minutes later. Oh, so I would have vomited in the middle of the podcast, which I don't think you guys would want to have heard. So, yeah, you had a rough week. Yeah, I had a UTI. It's not TMI, is that? No. Nope. Oh, well. I talked about my IUD on this wonderful podcast. Oh. In this episode, you'll hear all about my experience with my IUD. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Ooh, you and Courtney got oh, we down got and deep. dirty. We yeah. got deep. We got down to another level. Yeah. She seems so rad. Oh, my God. She is the most impressive human being yeah, ever. Yeah. Her work ethic is next level. I mean, she's a fucking chef de cuisine, which first at of all- At John and Benny's. Didn't know that that- her Instagram says CDC at John and Benny's. I had to look up what CDC meant. Oh, well, now we know. I know. It's so f- official. Chef de cuisine. Lola is licking the air. Yeah, <laughs> she really is. My <laughs> dog is licking the air right like, now. What? She's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh hey, be nice to the cutest dog in the world. She is the cutest dog, but she's licking the air. Courtney like, was obsessed with her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, everyone's obsessed with her. Okay, so we went to John yes. and Vinny's. We were not feeling our best. I had an IUD, which you will hear about, and it was a terrible experience. I, and I had almost a UTI. died. She had a UTI. We were like, we should probably detox, but fuck that. Yeah, I had like flu-like symptoms. I also had... Anyone who has lower back pain on the right side, that means you have a kidney infection. I have <laughs> begun to realize. <laughs> you are a mess. I am a mess. And then yesterday I had, we don't know if it was food poisoning or if it was UTI. It's just Definitely, but mess. let's just like go on the record and say it was not food poisoning no, from John and Vinny's. No, 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 no. A hundred percent not food poisoning I from John and Vinny's. I would never, ever. John and Vinny's could never give anyone food poisoning. They are the best. 
restaurant that's Okay, so Madison's been obsessed with John and Vinny's for a very, very long time now. And I have been trying to go there for a very, very long time now. You have to make a reservation super early in advance. So Mads finally made us a reservation. No. Shout oh. out to Sarah oh, Tan. Oh, shout out to Sarah Tan, our who was on our last episode. Yeah, she got us in a week in advance. Which, which is crazy. is unheard of. Um, we had the most delightful dinner. Yeah, we uh, we ate up a storm. Yeah, we went sure. hard. Oof, m- I was not feeling that cacio e pepe. Oh yes, that cacio e pepe. I think that's the know. best cacio e pepe I've ever had. It is truly cacio e pepe. It, you know what's funny though is um, and maybe Courtney, when you're listening to this, hi, I'm Maddie. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't get to meet you. She's your biggest but fan. You guys used to have a bucatini cacio e pepe, which is the thicker. Ooh, noodles. I love a thick like noodle. Like a thicker spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And now they just have... Spa- and then they changed it to like a little ri- like little piece pasta. I'm so bad at knowing the names of pastas. But they're like... Not bow tie, but they're like little pastas. Like penne? No, but whatever. Shells or... I don't know, whatever. They did that with cacio pepe. And I'm like, okay, no. You, you have to do a spaghetti with the cacio pepe. And they went back to spaghetti, but... I would like to petition us to go back to Bucatini. Okay. Well, maybe she, I mean, she's listening to this. So, I know. So we'll have to put in a request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, yeah, we, we had, had a decadent meal. It was great. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but before we get into this episode, Mads and I are getting ready for a trip right now. By the time this airs, I will be in Italy. I like can't believe it's so soon. I, I know. Like... I'm going when to Italy. Go? I know. I'm going to Italy first with my husband for my friend's wedding, which I'm a bridesmaid in. We're going to Florence and Siena. I need to give you my Florence recommendations. Yes, you need to now because I have no plans for Florence. Oh, I have the best places for you to cool. go. They're all like really bougie abroad places, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I'm down. Um, and then I am meeting, my husband and I are meeting my sister, Maddie, my sister, Maddie, and uh, my dad in Israel. And we're going to have a week in Israel. I cannot wait. I haven't been to Israel since I was 17 I miss, years old. I miss the uh, the Holy Land. I miss the Holy Land, too. I know. We're Are we going to get Aroma Iced Coffees? Up. Of course we're going to get Aroma Iced Coffees. Oh, my God. that is It's like 700 calories in one cup, but it's Look, amazing. It's a, it's a Frappuccino. It's amazing. That's what it is. It, but it's the best Frappuccino you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, but, like, it's so funny. And then we have to get the coffee there, like, it's just a frappuccino. It's just a frappuccino. And then we That's have to get so the good. oranges of the old city. And the bread stand. You know that little bread yes. stand? Yes. Also, um, I think my doctor thinks I'm an alcoholic because she gave me antibiotics for this UTI. And I was like, so I can't drink, right? And she was like, it's only seven days. I'm like, dude, I fucking know that. I'm not saying, like, I won't do it. I'm just saying, like, I'm just, I'm just clarifying. Oh, I was on antibiotics when we were at John and Benny's. Oh, great. and I drank. <laughs> I mean, I because I've been on antibiotics. Nothing happened to me. Yeah, I've been on antibiotics before, and they were like, "Yeah, you can drink. It's like a myth." And so that's why I asked her just to like clarify, and she was like, "No, you cannot drink." Which just reminds me that I forgot to take my antibiotics yesterday. And what antibiotics that? are you on? They gave me antibiotics just in case I got an infection from my IUD, and I just realized that I completely oh. forgot to take them. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're um, having vagina problems. Is what oh, we're having. My roommate told me hashtag pussy problems oh that's what's going down is, i literally was like truly this is truly this, this is, is like a week from hell this is the worst anyways um no so i won't be able to drink in israel i just realized yes you will you're leaving in a week oh literally you okay. leave on wednesday well, you arrive in israel on thursday you're 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 gonna be off your antibiotics the day you arrive in israel oh that's true okay great i'm happy um, no, but it's Brett's birthday this weekend. Oh my God, she is so. Well, you have to say who Brett is. Oh, my best friend. Thank you. 
Um, it's her birthday, her twenty fifth birthday, and she's doing a bat mitzvah themed birthday Ooh. at her parents' house. It's gonna wait. Be why so wasn't I invited? Because you don't live here. I don't care, Brett. Oh. Why? Where's my invite? Oh, I want to be invited. Oh, sorry. I like aspire to be Brett. I know. I think. I mean, don't we all? But no. So she's having a bat mitzvah theme party, and I can't drink, which is fine. I'm just saying, like, it's shitty. Yeah, shitty. You know. Yeah, you you can be a little DD and save them <sighs> all on Uber fares. I mean, we have to go to fucking Encino, so that Where's is. Where's Encino? Is that East? The Valley. Oh, oh it's in the, the Valley. Oh, she. Li- we're doing it at her parents' house. Oh. So like, I really am gonna be a DD because pe- no one's gonna want to Uber. No, it's too far. It's way too far. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm gonna be sober, Sally. Also, my doctor <laughs> asked me if I would consider going on a whole thirty, and I was like, "What are you trying to tell me?" Because <laughs> I had to give her my food diary. Because <laughs> she gave me these bloated pills that worked really well. Mm-hmm. And then so she's like, oh, I have to take you off the pills. I'm like, wait, why would you do that? Like, they're working. And she was like, because they have really bad long-term side effects. I was like, oh, great. The things we do to not blow. <laughs> to not blow. And I was like, wait, so why wouldn't you let me have the bloatation pills? And she, she was just like, and so then she was just like, can you, do you want to go on Whole30? Because that might solve your problems. like, no, I don't want to go on all of I did Whole30 for a month, lost four pounds. Two days after I ended Whole30, I gained four well, pounds Well, that's back. what I'm saying. It's like, yes, I could make lifestyle changes, but I don't think Whole30 is the way, like, you can't, it's, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I mean, it's good to detox and just clear your body out for a second, yeah. but if you're, you, you, if you're using it to lose weight, you will lose weight, but you, you will, will but gain it back, back the yeah. day after you end Whole30. Exactly. So th- that, and I live already by that, you know, we love to retox over here. On OK says, remember that word? No, it's the opposite of detox. Oh, okay. Where you like eat? Oh yeah, that was a long time ago. I know. So where you eat, and then detoxing is where you don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean, I feel like I do that already. Where during the week, I will detox and be really like, oh my god, diligent. can I tell you a horror story? Of, for fucking John. Uh, can I tell you? Guys, gynecolo- it was great. Can I tell you a gynecologist horror story? Yes. Okay, so I was seventeen years old, sexually active. And they asked me that. I said, yes, one partner. And <laughs> yes, she's sticking. Have you ever had to say multiple partners? No. Yeah, me neither. Um, okay, next thing. Um, she's sticking her fingers in my vagina, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know, you should really consider being celibate until marriage. I was like, no. I was like, bitch, get your fingers out of me right now. Oh God, she, and she's a guy to call. She said that to me. Can you believe that? Wait, what did you say? I was I was seventeen. I was like, uh, yeah, that's not happening. I'm also, like, you already had I sex. already had sex. Yeah, it so was she crazy. was she was trying to like convert you back to celibacy. Yeah, like like a, like a born again situation. Born again virgin. Yes, she was trying to get that's, me to become a born again virgin. It's not gonna work. It's nope, not gonna work. It's not gonna us. work. Also, another pussy problem update. Um, my IUD doesn't expire for another three years. Yeah, so um, thank God, Mads didn't even know when her IUD expired, which is very troubling on it's many different really levels scary. because that's how people get pregnant. <laughs> and well, you just scared me because you were like, mine expired in two years. I'm like, I'm pretty sure no, mine, mine expired was five in three years. years. Okay, and then now I have the five year one. Exactly. So I have the five year one, which is what I knew, but I just like wanted to double check because you were scaring me. I know. For a second, we were like, are you pregnant? Yeah. I was like, I'm throwing up. Have I? I was like, what is happening? Yeah. I'm sorry you had such a rough week, Mads. I know. I'm ready. I missed you in the middle of the episode. You'll hear it. I go, oh, I miss Mads. Uh, Because I missed you. Was Courtney game, though? Courtney was so game. We talked for like 
15 or 20 minutes after the podcast ended. Aww. She's coming back for like round two. Yeah, she has to because I need to meet her. I've been like stalking her. I'm obsessed with her. I know. She's amazing. Ugh. I was, I, fe- I left feeling so inspired. And I was, it was weird because I used to podcast by myself mm. and it was like so weird being the only co host. I know. I also had such a I good tried to bring fixation. the energy. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I can't be like super monotone. I have to bring the energy. <laughs> so I hope I did that. Okay. Well, I guess we'll hear. We don't know. <laughs> I guess you'll have to listen. Let me know how I did. Um, fuck, I was going to say something else. Oh. Oh, well. Well, I have to drive home from LA to San Diego tonight. Tomorrow, I'm getting my hair done. I am getting a manicure and pedicure. Mm. My eyebrows done. Got to go to CBS. Got to go to Target. Glam. Laundry. Pack. Glam. Why pack? When do you leave? I leave Saturday. Oh, which shit. Which this comes out on Monday, but yeah. Glam. I got to get the glam. I'm doing a Brazilian blowout. Oh, I've I done a Brazilian blowout Brazil- in a year and a half. I was considering doing a Brazilian wax, but I'm just like way too traumatized. I need to go laser. I need to go back. There's so much. So, so many things to do. So, so many things, things to do. I was, I was listing all the things I need to do. I was like, I need to get laser. I need to get a haircut. I need, like, it's just too much. Too much. I hear you. Eyebrows. My eyebrows are not looking Your eyebrows good. are unruly. Well, thank you. Because they need I, to be like reined in. Yeah, but if I did it last week, which is when I, w- I would have normally done them, they wouldn't they have looked grown. good for yeah. the whole trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to wait it out. I've been trying to put, uh, yesterday I put brow gel on, so like it wasn't as noticeable, but I guess Glossier it was. One? No, I mm. have the benefit one. Mm. Um, what are I you have wearing, never purchased what are you wearing to these really anything wedding? from Glossier. I just want to put that out there, huh? I bought you something. You bought. I've never purchased anything from Glossier myself. Oh, okay. Um, what am I wearing? I bought this really cute leopard print slip dress. Okay. It's amazing. Cool. What are you wearing? I don't know because Dad, I hope it's not orthodox because it's kind of sexy. No, they're like French. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to a wedding in Israel. Yeah. If you, if you haven't. And dad that. was like, I'm wearing linen pants and loafers. I was like, oh, so it's like super casual. He says, yeah. And then he calls his cousin. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is like a high fashion wedding. Yeah. I'm wearing heels and a slip dress. Okay. That's probably what I'm going to wear. Yeah. Great. Glad we did this, you know, checked in. Was it good doing business with you. Uh, you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to try to bring a, a carry on. Oh, God. Yeah, it's happening. Godspeed. It's happening. Yeah, that's not, that is not happening. Yeah, but it's so hot, and all my, I'm just going to wear everything twice, and then everything I have is like small and easy to pack because Mm -hmm. it's summer. So I think I can do it. Mm. I mean, it's going to be a packed full suitcase. Yeah, that sounds, I'm just not going to even bother with that. Yeah, I'm going to try. Well, why? Because you don't pay for the bags? Yeah, like we're going, we're traveling so much. We're going from Florence and then we're going to Siena and then we're going to Rome and then we're going to Israel. And it's like, it would just be so much easier if I didn't have to loll around this huge ass bag the whole time. Right, right. Well, I have Delta Sky Priority. So I know, I heard about this. You guys got upgraded. So I. How do I not have Delta Sky Priority is the question. Well, maybe I shouldn't tell you why. Why? Because you travel a lot? No. Because you Cause paid. Head babe gave it to me. Oh, thanks, head babe. Head well, because mom. I'm going to be traveling more for, for work than you will. Oh, my God. I still want it. She gifted it to me. Gold <sighs> status, motherfuckers. Clearly, you are the favorite child. I'm going to upgrade that shit to first class. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> so Just I'm going to have to be working the whole plane ride. Mm. because I run an agency and I do not get time off. Mm. It's going to be great. But I can't sleep on the plane because I, we arrive in Florence around 4 or 5. 
So I want to oh. like, I'm just going to stay up the whole time and do like a week's worth of work on the plane. Oof. Yeah, it's going to be rough. I'm going to watch some rom-coms. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. Okay. You want some horse tranquilizer? That <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, this this has gone on way too long. Oh, but I missed you. I know. We're not gonna next time we podcast. We'll be in Israel together. I know. Oh yeah, any Israeli influencers? Yeah, <laughs> if you know anyone that lives in Israel, we want to get an interview in while we're there. If you are listening to this and you're from Israel, hit us up. Oh my God, what if we had Israeli listeners? That'd be so cool. Yeah, I'd be so down. Yeah, we gotta go reveal look at our yourself. Stats. Yeah, reveal go look at our yourself. Okay. Okay. Enjoy this episode with Courtney. Yay. As a child growing up in Chicago, Chef Courtney Storer often watched her grandmother cook Italian food and particularly admired her weekly Sunday sauce. She fell in love with the restaurant industry at a very young age, starting as a host at a small restaurant named Sonny's in Chicago. After years of hosting, servicing, and managed the front of the house, she longed to be cooking in the back. While working for Giuseppe Tentori in 2010, he pushed her to give cooking a try and she never turned back. In 2013, Courtney visited her brother in Los Angeles and dined at Chuamec, where she met Chef Ludo Levev. Shortly after, she was introduced to Chefs John Shook and Vinnie Dottolo and was offered a job at Animal Restaurant under the direction of Chef de Cuisine Jonathan Whitner. She quickly rose through the ranks, and when Shook and Dottolo opened their restaurant, John and Vinnie's, in 2015, she became the Chef de Cuisine. She is also the chef of Raising Foodies, a program created by the Alliance of Moms in which she teaches young adult women in foster care to make healthy, nutritious meals for their little ones. Without further ado, Courtney. Hello. How are you? So good. Happy to be here. Okay, so we have a few disclaimers. Yes. One, this uh, podcast episode only features Scout. <laughs> Maddie is out super sick. Um, she was a mess, a wreck. She had to go home, and which is too bad because Maddie is a John and Vinny's aficionado. Yes, but we are self-care advocates. Yes, we are. With lots of boundaries, healthy ones. Healthy ones. And she always <laughs> says if she's feeling sick, the content's going to be shit. So, like, thank That's you, Maddie. So for Thank you, Maddie, for putting OKSIS first. But we miss you. We miss you so much. Um, okay, so I was a John and Vinny's virgin until last night. I can't believe this. I'm shocked. Okay, so I had an IUD put in yesterday. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, no, it gets worse. Um, I almost <laughs> fainted and puked in the doctor's office. I've and heard it's crazy. Yeah, and they had to like lift my legs up in the air, and then they did an ultrasound on me to make sure it was inserted correctly, and what? I was like sweating and shaking. And I was like, no, I have to drive up to L.A. I have a reservation at John and Vinny's tonight. Oh, my God, and then you drove? And then I drove to L.A. Wow. In pain just so I could eat at your beautiful establishment. And also because you're a Virgo and you're very well researched. Yes. And need to be prepared. Preparation is everything. Yes. And you knew you were going to be meeting with me today and you had to know. I had to know. Do you want to know what we ordered? Yeah, of course. Okay, I wrote it all down. We got the ricotta bruschetta, which Maddie filmed me eating, and it looked like <laughs> I, I had saw, an orgasm. I saw it. Yeah, it was great. We got the LA Woman Pizza, <laughs> Divine. Classic. We got the spicy Fuseli. Fusilli. Fusilli, sorry. Yes. Oi. Oh my God. I just ruined that. I got that. you. I got you. And the Cacio Pepe. Great choices. Yeah, it was good. You, you nailed it. 
Well, it's all Mads because she like Mads will just Mads, make reservations. I know she out. just makes reservations at John and Vinny's, and then when it comes closer, she's like, "Okay, who's coming with me?" Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and such a great way to like share the share the time when you have yeah. a reservation there. Whoever okay. wants to come, I know it's so good. Okay, so before we get into you, let's do a round of current fixations. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll start. Uh, are you a Bachelor fan? I'm a Bachelor fan. I did not see this week's episode. Okay, I'm 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 like an episode behind too, so I'm with you. Okay, great. Um, I might be two episodes behind, which is really bad, but I am obsessed with Hannah. Yeah, she's doing great. So I was not a fan in the beginning. Same. I was like, she can't. This speak. isn't gonna work. This is yeah. not gonna work. But I think she is the most genuine bachelorette ever. Like Caitlin Bristow is my favorite bachelorette, but even she says she went on the Bachelorette to get famous. Hannah oh, is did she not, say that? Yeah, she said that Whoa, I heard her on a TED okay. talk. Like Hannah really thinks she's gonna find her husband. She's in it. Oh yeah. Um, and she's definitely testing the waters with everyone. Yeah, she is. She is like fierce, dumb, just like diving in, and I love it. She's like, don't fuck with yeah, me. Yeah, it's true. She's amazing. Yeah, like it's it's interesting to see that kind of vulnerability. I yeah. mean, you don't really see like the crying and like the. I'm sure they hide a lot of stuff and content, but like you can kind of see it's a little bit of a mess, which I kind of like. Yeah, she's a little yeah. messy. Yeah, she's, she's a little she's all over the she place. Messy. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So that's in the my, best way. Yeah, in the best we way. Need more of that. Yeah, and the guys are great. Luke P is a situation. Is that yes. the one that's like obsessed with her? Because I don't know he's everybody's names w- yet. Yeah, it's a, it's def, he's definitely got a vibe going on. He's the um, one that pronounced his love in the talent show, right? He did. Uh, he went for it. He um, went for it, and he seems a little scary, a little unhinged, right from the jump. Yeah, like I'm really like excited l- to see that unfold. Lingering looks and just like really territorial. A couple of them are really territorial, which is so unattractive. Yeah, like. Bad strategy, guys. Like, no, the weirdest one was when she was sick, and and I I don't know guys' names yet because I don't know names until like the sixth episode. Um. <gasps> oh yeah, like the cute one. So cute. Be um, a little a little tall. broy, but very cute. Yeah, broy, and the way he talked was kind of driving me crazy. And then Luke P was like, "What was she wearing?" I was exactly. like, "Did you just ask that question?" <laughs> yeah, like that's a little bit strange, and that would kind of bother me. I think if I was like on a show like that, it would be difficult because it would be a little bit like, "Wait, you're going out there." It would. You'd get it'd be hard not to get jealous. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. But, but like he's like way too jealous, way too soon, way too soon. Keep your cool. Bro. We're talking like second episode here, right? Yeah, which in in the real real time is probably like maybe a week that they've all been together. Yeah, when you maybe, say maybe, maybe a week, and you've gotten maybe twenty one minutes with Each her time. total. Yeah, no, like, like total in the whole week. Yes, like we're there are a couple guys who are just like keeping their composure. Yeah, but like more of that, but also we watch it because of the crazies we do watch it for the crazies you're right we yeah paradise is gonna be good this year they have so many options we got demi coming back full fire oh wait are they already they already said who's on it uh they've said a few people i know demi's definitely going i mean demi's a star oh demi for president yeah like demi is made for television oh my god she's amazing (laughs) it's actually brilliant she's amazing Okay, we could talk about The Bachelor all day long. Um, What's your current fixation? Um, Okay, lately I've been really obsessed with Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. Oh my God, And I'm living for them. Amen. They're so good. And of course I like, all my friends joke because I'm like super deep all the time, which I have like found my little niche for the day because I just love listening to these podcasts. Mm -hmm. They're the best. And like, I really, really am trying in this chapter in my life to really like 
do self-care, like live it. Um, and my life is so crazy and so busy and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but it's like, I need the time to just like listen to other people talk about like their roads to success or like how they take care of their own mental health and like how they actually, you know, have these successful careers or like life things that go on and like how you cope with things and like just develop and continue to evolve. Like I'm really into it. Well, you've come to the right place because that is a question that I'm going to be asking you later on. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I went to Oprah Super Soul Session at UCLA. What? Like, Wait, when did that happen? Uh, I want to say two years ago. Tony oh God, Robbins like so was the headliner. Wow. And Melissa Ambrosini was there. Amazing. No, not Melissa Ambrosini. Sorry, Gabrielle Bernstein. Oh, legend. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It changed my life. What was your biggest takeaway? Um, my biggest takeaway was from the Tony Robbins one where he said that you can create your own energy. So I've always said that I'm a really tired human being and he's like, that's not true. You can create your own energy. And he he did these exercises where we just like lost it and started screaming and like stomping around. And all of a sudden I had a rush of energy and I was like, whoa, I can create my own energy. I love that. Yeah. It was beautiful. You know, that's really true. I, I mean, not to bring it right into work right away, but I had a night last night with the team um, and I was just like, man, I was just defeated and I was trying to teach someone something and they weren't grabbing it. They weren't just like getting it. And I was like, okay, I have to be the coach and I have to really take at the end of the night people that are feeling like kind of beat just like from a long service and like flip it around. And I feel like that really applied last night because I just like read some inspirational quotes to the team, not to be a, a nerd, but I did and they really dug it and like we finished the night super strong but it's like creating that like pivotal moment in a, in any time or space and sometimes it takes just like moving around or just like stopping to be like hey here's a, a thing to motivate you you know so not only do you have to run a menu but you, you kind of mentioned you have a team that you need oh, to big time inspire and keep on track and the restaurant industry is brutal it's demanding. What, oh. what kind of management tools do you use and what kind of a leader are you? Yeah, I mean, restaurants are really intense environments in a lot of wonderful ways. They are fast paced. It's like you're surrounded by adrenaline. It does feel like you're playing a sport. It takes a lot of like stamina and endurance to get through the service and you're helping one another. So it does feel super teamwork oriented. But on the other side of that, it's long hours. You're under different uh, stress and different conditions. Like there's heat involved. There's sharp objects. Things are really dangerous in a kitchen because you're moving so quickly and you have to have um, complete awareness. Um, and then you also have to work with different people from different backgrounds, different culinary training, different levels of experience. So it's it's never predictable in ways that a lot of other jobs can be. You know, you could be sitting at a desk and be like, oh, I know this person's mood and this guy hates this. And if I give this person this assi- assignment, whatever. But um, in kitchens, you got to have a lot, you got to deal with a lot of curveballs. So it's kind of um, my job as uh, a chef, but I also like to like think about it more as like a coach is like, how do I get this, like these players to work together for the night? And if I get them to realize that what they're doing is so important or significant, like if they channel that energy, the food is just better. And if they like what they're doing, they're going to cook better. And if they see how each other complement one another, it's just a totally different result. And so... I think when it comes to being like, what kind of leader am I? I I try to just approach it like I did a sport, you know, for so long I played soccer growing up and 
you know, some of my best coaches were the people who were like elbow to elbow, you know, trying to get us to learn what we needed to do, whether it be a technique or whatnot. So with me, I don't think it's very effective to just be yelling at the cooks all night. Sometimes that happens, but it's just like keep things in order. But I think what's more effective is to guide them and show them what my expectations are and then let them rise to the occasion. doesn't always happen, but when it doesn't happen, it's the team's responsibility to like fill in those gaps and work together and see how they they can problem solve together because I think that's when they get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Whether it, it's not just all about me, like nothing about being a leader at the end of the day is like I did it. It's like I'm always like the we mentality. We did it. We accomplished the service. We did. We served so many people food tonight and it was really good and we hopefully created memories or whatever it was. But, you know, it doesn't always go smooth. So kitchens can be kind of unhealthy places, um, you know, in kitchens that – I may have been a part of in the past and I've been in the restaurant industry since I was 15. Um, You know, it's people go out after work, they get really drunk, you know, they rinse and repeat, do it again the next day. You know, you go out for drinks, you wake up, you're in the kitchen all day and all night. You go to, you go out for drinks again and then you go to bed, you come back. And like, it was this unhealthy pattern and I didn't make me feel good. And so I started to like deviate away from that and take care of myself and then I felt better at work. I was more clear. I was more present. Um, and because I needed to be on uh, my A-game, especially when I got up in the higher ranks of cooking, I needed to show that positivity and that example. And I didn't have to talk about it. My cooks saw it. And they were like, oh, wait, maybe this is a place where I don't have to, like, get tanked at the end of the night. And, like, I didn't encourage people going out and getting wasted. If they did that, I didn't want to know about it. But I didn't partake in it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, because there definitely is this stereotype about the restaurant industry mm-hmm. where there's heavy drinking. There's a yeah. lot of stuff going on because the hours are so demanding right. and, and the work is so gruesome at times. Have you ever had an experience where somebody doubted you because you are a a woman mm-hmm. and b you're you're quite young to be yeah. to be a chef? Oh my god! Oh, that's sweet to say that. I don't feel very young, but that's nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. But it's also you know it's not just that I'm a woman that people doubt me. They doubt me because of my energy or how I come into a space, and I'm really. Uh, enthusiastic just like you say you can create your own energy I really believe that like I when I come into the restaurant in the morning if I come in with a bad attitude it's so contagious and you add you get more you know positive results by walking into a room with a smile on your face Mm -hmm. than you do with a scowl you know and even if I've got other stuff going on outside of work or something like I got a stressful email about the night before someone had a really bad dinner and it goes right to my heart because I know my cooks care but they messed up or something went out to a table that wasn't as good it breaks my heart because I know we're better than that and I don't know who may have done it or what happened you know and um, I find that starting each day like really fresh and coming in um, and leading with a positive attitude sometimes rubs people the wrong way so when I was in kitchens before I was the chef uh, that was always something that puzzled people is they'd be like, oh, this girl's so annoying or she's so like chipper. They'd call me bubbles or like whatever. In France, I, I worked in Paris and they would all call me Britney Spears. They'd be like, oh, Britney's here, Britney. And that was the only thing I knew. I knew they were talking about me when they would say Britney Spears. And it broke my heart. And I was like, I first of all, like what? Why? Because, you know, of how I lo- like what was the vibe? I didn't understand. But really, it was just like I was getting under their skin because I was really coming in in such a strong, different way. But I, I, I knew as a cook always what my um, restrictions were. I knew 
that I might not have had the most experience or I was newer and like I felt more green than the other cooks. So when I would come into an experience, I knew I all I had was my positivity. So I, I hung on really closely to that and I thought that that would be contagious and it, it really was. It worked like overall people started to like let their guard down and, you know, enjoy that I would come in and have a good attitude and more and more rather than people saying they didn't like my attitude, they would compliment it. So like I'm constantly underestimated, but I've, I've let those thoughts kind of not get to me anymore. So I don't even notice it. People might be thinking it or trying to treat me differently, but I don't allow that to happen anymore. That's amazing. I like how you made that comment. I don't allow that to happen anymore as if you can take ownership in how other people treat you as well and what their responses are and how you can let that penetrate your aura. Oh, for sure. Well, a lot of the time it's communication or it's the stigma that I think people might be thinking that, but they're not. They could be just having a bad day and I'm like, oh, it's because I'm a woman or it's because I'm tinier or or whatever it is and they they don't like the way I am. But sometimes it has nothing to do with you. Um, RuPaul says this, RuPaul has this quote, like what other people think of you is none of your business. I love that (laughs) quote. I use it all the time. It's so true. But I mean, if we just listen to it, how much easier our days would be. I love that quote. Yeah. It's so good. I'm okay. So we jumped head first in, which I love, but I want (laughs) to backpedal a little bit. Um, you can tell my dog Lola to stop at any point. She's Um, a very You guys can't see this dog, but she is like the dream dog literally out of like a movie i can't even deal with it. yeah she's very cute um, i must she's say like i will give she, she's my baby and i will tell her that she is the cutest dog in the oh, world lola you're cute okay okay so we're gonna take it back to the beginning yes. lola you're quite distracting um what is your first memory of falling in love with food Ooh. um okay funny enough so my grandmother uh is italian and my mom uh, is as well and both are, are lovers of food and lovers of Italian food but I when I was a little girl used to live for Sundays because my grandmother would always come over and watch us and I knew like waking up in the morning like what we would have for dinner because I would smell it so you know it's similar to like anybody waking up and someone's making them breakfast or you smell bacon cooking whatever the case but um, my grandmother it would always be like onions garlic which onions and garlic sauteing and butter is probably still to this day my favorite smell of all time um and I I knew that would be like a bolognese about to start or she'd be making like a sofrito for bolognese or she'd be doing like a long long sauce like uh neck bone gravy or something that would be like a sauce that just needs to cook all day um and I was just totally like it brought me alive it just like excited me so much and I remember just like the ease that she would have around cooking, that she never had a cookbook out ever. You know, she was cooking from her heart and from her soul. And that was just like so uh, charming and sweet and loving. Um, And she used to get on my case a lot. I have uh, this story that she would always say I was so impatient, which is very true about me. I'm like always trying to like get the end result. And I got to trust the process, but I want to reach for more all the time. And my grandmother used to put things in the oven um, to bake, whether it be cupcakes, bread, whatever the case. 
and I would just pull it out because I wanted to help. Like that was the first like memory I had that I knew I wanted to cook is something would be totally raw, but I would take it out to be like, Graham, look what I did. Or like, come look at this. And she'd be like, oh my goodness. Like, no, bad. What are you doing? You're so impatient. You know, pacienza, pacienza is something I really love um, because I still remember it and I try to check myself a lot. Yeah, that's such a beautiful story. Our, um, our Mads is not here. Our dad is a chef, or not a chef, but he's a cook. But he could, I tell him all the time, I'm like, go on Master Chef. He's amazing. He can cook a meal for 30 people. Like, like so easy. Like, like, like he does it for like breakfast. He's so good. Wow. He cooks his own calamari and he cooks his own couscous. What kind of calamari? Oh, I is don't it know. grilled or is it fried? Fried. <gasps> he does favorite. fried calamari. He does everything. He's amazing. He does ceviche. He's big on fish. Um, and so we would wake up in the morning to like a huge feast being. And so it's, you caught the bug, but I didn't. People are like, do you know how to cook? I'm like, no, because I was always cooked You're for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was curious, but I think it, affor- it, it definitely like, that's what's so powerful about food. Is it just like, even that nostalgia that you have about your father is so, so closely connected to your heart. And like, honestly, that's why I'm able to do this professionally. Cause it, it is intense and mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of things about it that make it really hard, but at the end of the day, like, I still love those smells, and I still, like, geek out, after, like, when I walk into the restaurant and I smell what we're cooking. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your life as a waitress and a server, and because yes. and you started in this industry super young. Server. Server. Were I you prefer that term. Okay, sorry. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally not up to date with the restaurant. No, right now. now you know. Now you now know. Now I know. And now you're listening. Though. Server. Okay. So I, when I was 21 to 22, mm-hmm. 23, I worked in this little restaurant. It was like a cafe. We were open from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. Two girls worked at all times, and we were the cashier, the barista, everything, the cook, and the dishwasher. Oh, love those jobs. And insanity. Insanity. Yeah. And the line out the door, around the block, nonstop, six Panic hours, city. like just crazy. And I learned so much from that job. Oh, yeah. And so I want to hear about your experience in that role and what it is you learned from being a server. Oh, I mean... Still, to this day, I'm using those skills. Like, Mm -hmm. being a server, um, you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about yourself, customer service, um, your patience for, and and like, how you tolerate uh, difficult customers. Um, It's also a job that will teach you multitasking in, like, the realest way. That it never feels like you're moving fast enough. You forget things. I used to go home and like wake myself up in the middle of the night. Like I forgot table 32 Sprite or whatever the case. And I would still feel bad about it. Um, But serving gives you an insight uh, to people's functioning in this really interesting way. Like when you're a server, you see people celebrating anniversaries or birthdays or holidays. Or you see people arguing or family dynamics that are difficult. You're kind of like this like constant in a restaurant and you kind of have to be functioning at like this high level to like do all the little tasks that need to be done but then also have a good attitude so it kind of teaches you to be really calm under pressure I think um customer interface in that way is uh, a skill that as you develop it is so valuable like I don't think I would have been successful with John and Vinny's and the relationships that I've made with the customers if I didn't have all that experience serving because it really changed how I approached that job. Um, With cooking, yes, I'm in charge with, you know, the kitchen and all the stuff that's coming out. 
But the other side of that is that the customers are watching me do it and the customers don't know I'm the chef and they're going to ask me for a side of jalapenos or, you know, napkins or a refill or a glass of wine. They don't care that I'm the chef. They don't even know that I am most of the time, especially when I'm in the restaurant because I don't, I don't care about that. It's not about the ego. It's about the whole experience of hospitality. And I think as a server, you get a really big insight into what hospitality really means that, when people are coming into a restaurant, they're, they want a break from their life. They're trying to come into your house to get a, a break from their own, in a way, if that makes sense. And so I always, appre- I, I kind of approached being a server it, like as like I'd want people to feel like they're getting a hug in, in a way when they come into whatever restaurant I was working. So you've said a few times now that you take um, things if something goes bad or if you forgot something or if a customer is dissatisfied you take it really hard and that is something Mm -hmm. that I can really relate to I run my own podcasting agency and I made a mistake with a client and I was sick devastated I was sick about it like literally physically sick about it can you talk about let's say there's some listeners out there that Mm -hmm. you know have that same problem how do you overcome the fact that everybody makes mistakes Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen in your career and how do you overcome it always remembering that your intentions are pure that you want to do a good job at the end of the day always um I have that had that ex- same exact feeling more than you could ever imagine. I have ruined trips. I've ruined days off. I've ruined other people's birthdays because I've had something go wrong at work. And I take the hit and I just can't, I can't move on. I'm like, oh my God, I made this mistake and blah, 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 blah. What I've learned to do over time is bring myself back to that thought and that mantra of like, my intentions were good. My intentions are always good. I wanted to do my best. I tried my best. If I made a mistake, I own it. I think accountability is so important. And I think it's so true that when you make a mistake, you're really learning on the other side of that coin. And you will probably never do it again if you learn it, you know, and if you see it for what it was. And it's like, oh, that mistake was so bad. It's not going to happen again because you're going to learn from it. And then you you get stronger. But um, it will take if you let it take you down. It does you no good. You start to physically, like you said, get ill. I've done that. Um, I've physically gotten ill and then be like, oh, my God, I can't face work. I can't go in after what happened. Um, and I've been a part of kitchens that um, have been in fires, like before John and Vinny's. I mean, when I was working in, in Europe, there was a kitchen fire. And um, I've tripped someone once and they got injured really bad. And, you know, like I've been a part of things that I'm like, oh, my God, how did that happen I'm so responsible for that. But then it's got to stop because that never-ending cycle um, is self-deprecating. And it's it's really something that can be controlled but with a lot of practice. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I meant well and I wanted to do my best and it didn't work out, but I can learn from it. And, like, I really do write down a lot of those experiences because I don't know where to put all that energy. Um, and then within, like, the next week I can look back and be like, oh, my God, but I got through it. And it always will pass. Always. Yeah. That's what I have to remind myself, too. I like the idea of writing it down, kind of just transferring that energy over into something else. Yeah, because you're going to get through it. And when you go back to it, you're going to be like, oh. (sighs) Yeah. I was was just so in it in that moment. And, like, could I have enjoyed that day a little bit more? 
if I didn't just beat myself up the entire day for it. Because like a lot of times when we have mistakes like that, we're constantly thinking again about how people are perceiving us rather than what just happened. Like someone's going to look at me like I'm a failure. I'm not good at my job or it doesn't mean as much to me because I made a mistake like that. And that's all in our head. And like our minds are so powerful that way. But a lot of it isn't really real. Yeah, so this is a perfect segue into talking about mental health and self-care because we've talked about how the restaurant industry can be really demanding and I'm sure your hours are just crazy. Mm. How do you balance your work, yourself, and your personal life and how have you been able to put yourself first so that you can show up your best at John and Vinny's? Okay, I'm all about keeping it real. Um... And the hardest part about my job is the work-life balance, to be honest. Um, It's something that I have struggled with since I've been cooking, not even just being a chef, but just cooking in general. Um, I miss showers and birthdays. Um, I miss people having children. You know, all my friends and family are in Chicago, and that's been really difficult because I am so committed to my work that it's been hard to get back and forth. Um, What I'm working on is learning how to formulate um, enough space in my life to ask for what I need um, and really make myself deliver on that and like allow myself to have relationships that are meaningful and show up for people because I think a lot of times as a chef people know that I work on the weekend so when there are these parties and things like that it's not often that they're inviting me even anymore because they're like oh she can't come but I learned to be like okay if I'm at this certain level in my career I'm going to try and take Saturdays off and I'm going to try and take Sundays off or one or the other and, and try and compromise and make like a happy medium for myself that makes me feel good because when I'm feeling good, I'm better at my job. When I'm burnt out, everyone knows. And that happens a lot when you're working those, you know, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Um, and so that can drain the life out of you. So um, getting that balance is really hard. Like, I really believe in getting therapy. Like, I need it. I think everyone... Uh, We're huge proponents yeah, of therapy. We yeah. think everybody should be in therapy. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's just the best. And um, I have just recently gotten back into it because I need it. And I think um, it's nice to have an outside perspective and just like just someone totally, totally. out of the loop of the norm. Um, so I think therapy is really important. And then I think making time for physical activities is something that needs to be uh, in my life too, because it makes my brain function in a different way. I really believe that. I feel like in kitchens I'm running around like crazy, but it's not the same way I feel when I get like my heart rate up and do yoga or running or something where I'm, I'm actually like getting endorphins and into my brain and like feeling, feeling good in a way that's not work related. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Work-life balance is so difficult. It's something it's hard. Yeah. It's something that I definitely struggle with too. And and Mads and I always talk about on this podcast, how self-care has kind of turned into this buzzword where people think it's face masks and, Mm. and TV shows and facials when really self-care is hard work and it's really hard to to find yourself, to figure out what you need to listen to your body, to listen to your mind, to know when to not listen to your mind. It's, it's a process. Yeah, it, it really is. And like, I think it's, it's something my friends are always checking in with me about. And there are the people who love me in my life are always like, Hey, are you okay? And Mm -hmm. like, 
are you getting enough time away from work? And do you feel like you're doing too much? And the answer is always like, yes, you know. Um, but then I've got to be the first advocate for myself. So I'm really trying to, to, to do that more and more. Still not good that good at it, but I'm working <laughs> on it. Okay, Work so in progress. let's talk about John and Vinny's. Yeah. When you started at John and Vinny's, did you know that it was going to become an L.A. staple? I mean, that's what we were hoping for. That's what you were hoping for? Oh, 150%. What has the evolution of John and Vinny's been like? Oh, wow. Okay, so from the beginning, we were really proud of the food and we really liked it and I trust John and Vinny so much um obviously I've worked for the guys for a long time I I started with them at Animal um but I had known of their work and I know that they have really really great taste and I know Helen and I know Helen has amazing taste and first and foremost in like picking a place to work I, I wanted to be a part of something where people really knew what they were doing and I think I really felt that and ex- and experienced that at Animal um, but when I came over to John and Vinny's, um, I think we had really high hopes for what it could be. Um, and we had hoped that we would just fill it. We wanted to fill it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we thought, okay, it'd be good to do. We want to offer to-go food. So we hope that goes well. But we don't know if people are going to like our food to-go and how that's going to be. So a lot of it was a coin toss. Coin toss. I just heard my accent. <laughs> um, you know, we were like, okay, I hope I hope if we open up to-go's and, and we we go with these companies, it goes well. And, um, little by little it started to build. And I remember, um, trying very hard to build relationships with the customers because that was something I really missed about Italian restaurants in Chicago is that I knew everybody. When I worked as a server, I knew every single customer coming in and they, I knew what they ate. I knew what they ordered. I didn't even drop menus. And I was like, I want to create that vibe here. I want it to feel small and unique to LA. And if I, have that opportunity and John and Vinny were giving me that opportunity I was like I'm gonna take it because I enjoy that so much about hospitality so um talk about taking your you know work home with you I just like was there all all the time I I wanted to be and I I enjoyed seeing you know people come back and customers that were like oh wow this is great Italian food we've been looking for good Italian food in LA and I'm like cool come back next Saturday and it was literally like that I mean I would just start to cultivate the and build these relationships um, and then we'd start to see groups of people coming in, you know, every week or like every Saturday morning for breakfast or every Saturday night. And it just started to build. And we started to having, a, having a lot of fun with like playlists. And I remember I would really get excited for like Friday's playlist and Saturday's playlist. And, and I had a lot of fun with the music and, um, John and Vinny and Helen and Craig, who's also, um, a chef at John and Vinny's, we, we just wanted it to feel different. Um, and we were like, we're, we hope this works. And, uh, we started to see it get busy and busier and busier. And, and the whole time I'm like, I, I hope people still like it and I hope people still stay liking it. And I never wanted the food to like kind of dip and, um, little by little, it's just been picking up and we started doing more catering events outside of the restaurant. And then our mobile pizza oven started doing pizzas at like Emmy parties and things like that. And, and we, we were really like cruising and we've been cruising ever since, but it feels like a tornado. Yeah. So, um, John and Vinny's is notorious for, you need a reservation <laughs> and you need one like two months in advance, which is crazy. Oh my God. What was that something that you guys expected was, or when that happened, was that just a moment of pure wow? Um, we, 
We were hoping that that would happen, and we liked keeping the restaurant. You know, it's 45 seats on Fairfax. It's a sm- yeah. I was surprised how small it was. I was expecting something much bigger. Yeah, but, you know, there's a science behind that. Um, with 45 seats, you know, we have a small cooking line. If you ever look at the kitchen, there's about six cooks cooking at most on a busy night. Um, and so we wanted the food to be really fresh, hot out of the oven, right to the table, uh, family style eating and, and people kind of like in and out, like coming in like an Italian diner, essentially, like where people could be like, I could get in, in and out of John and Vinny's in 45 minutes. Um, but it it's like because we have that small seating, you know, people have to wait a little bit to come in. And I think that that's what makes it special. That's why we have so much pressure to keep it good. And like that's why for me. I'm always having anxiety because I'm like, is this still good enough? Are people still digging it? Are people happy still? You know. Well, I was quite happy yesterday, <laughs> even though I felt like a knife was being plugged into my ovaries. Oh. Um, it was worth the drive. <laughs> good. It was amazing. Um, my favorite thing ever was the ricotta bruschetta. Oh, oh that's good. I'm glad you like oh that God, with the orange blossom honey. Oh my God, it was we have divine. Sea salt. Yeah, Div- it's so good. Divine. If anyone is going to John and Benny's, order that ASAP. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite thing on the menu right now? Which I know is probably a very difficult question. It it is. I go through phases of my favorite, but I would say always it's the bolognese. Um, the Mafaldini bolognese. It started as spaghetti. We've changed the noodle to Mafaldini, which is like a really thin, long noodle. It kind of looks like a lasagna noodle with the ridges on the sides. Um, but that sauce is really special and it's livable. I mean, it's like it's constantly living. That All the food at John and Vinny's, like the chefs and I were like constantly changing it to make it better. We're like a little bit of salt, a little bit of this, maybe oregano. You know, we're constantly looking at developing to improve the food. Um, bolognese favorite i would say i also love um right now the spaghetti uh heirloom pasta it's like heirloom tomatoes um that are in season fresh basil salt pepper and spaghetti it's so good okay now it's coming into season right now yeah because i didn't get those so good oh that's what i'm telling you well right now i'm at brentwood so we have two locations so yeah since that little baby at fairfax has first opened, we opened a second location in Brentwood, which is where I'm at predominantly now, um, training up the staff and getting everybody uh, locked and loaded. So we're doing well over there. Okay, that's training, where we're going to come next time. We're going to come see you. Yes, you have to. Um, and that one's a little bit bigger. That one's 80 seats. So oh, wow. So it's twice the size, um, but same food. We same have a couple food. different items on the menu, but um, overall, it's a really beautiful space. Okay, I can't wait to try that one out. Okay, so since you're not busy enough, um, you started raising foodies. You're the chef for raising foodies. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? So my friend Katira um, started raising foodies, and she asked me to come in. It's a program that was started through Alliance of Moms, and we work with um, St. Anne's, which is a housing center um, for women in foster care that have uh, little ones. They're either expecting a little one or have... Um, a child and they have aged out out of the, of the foster care system and they get housing for a few more years after that so they can kind of get on their feet and get some plans in order. Um, it's an amazing uh, thing to be a part of. I came in to do one class with Raising Foodies just to be their chef of the month kind of a thing. Loved it so much that um, I didn't want to stop doing it and Katira asked me to be their chef. So I do that, um, about every other month. Um, I would love to do it more often, but 
essentially I teach cooking classes to the moms um, within a budget that they can afford so that they can prepare food for themselves and their family. And um, they have little kitchens in their apartment. So I like to kind of give them an introduction to the technique of just like what you would want to cook on a Monday night. Like put a chicken in the oven, make some pasta. Um, how do you roast vegetables? Like I'm doing very basic things that I think are really important that like I never knew <laughs> before I was. I mean, I kind of did. But like all my friends, when I teach them uh, little tips and tricks, I'm always starting with the basics. And it's the same with the girls. They just want to learn how to make a soup or like. How do they do something from scratch? Because it's actually more affordable and they can like make it and batch it and have enough for the week and save some in the freezer and do all that. So it's amazing. I love it. It's really fun. That's amazing to give back, especially with such a demanding schedule. is super honorable. Oh, my God. Absolutely. But I feel like they're giving back to me, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, meeting these really strong women um, and seeing them raise families and like doing it all on their own. You know, I was raised by a single mom, so I have so much love for them. And it's like... Full circle. Like, I get just as much out of that experience as hopefully they do, you know? That's beautiful. I love that. So do you cook when you're at home, or are you like, no way? Ah, It's so funny. Um, I used to all the time. Uh, As of recently, I don't as much, but I try to cook on Sundays. Okay. Um, Sundays, I try to keep that tradition going where I'm cooking. Uh, I, I have so many old Italian cookbooks. It's kind of a hobby of mine to collect them. And so I just like flip one open and I've been trying to make recipes, just like random things like asabuco and old, old classics. Um, so I try to do that on Sundays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do cook at, and make little things for myself all the time. Okay. And I have to ask, how do you eat so much Italian food and remain so tiny? Oh, God. Because, girl. It's just running circles. If I worked at John and Vinny's, it would be like a 50-pound situation. Oh, my God, right? Um, You know, some of it's stress. I feel like I don't eat a lot when I'm working, which is yeah. not cool. I'm working on that. But some of it's like I move around so much. I have little bites. Like, I'm a little – my friends are always like, you're like a little bird. Like, I'll just, like, constantly be eating. But um, I think I try to – really 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 um be physical outside of work when I can and I think because of that like I'm running or I'm doing something that like I get my heart rate up that Mm -hmm. like helps with my anxieties and things um but other than that at work it's so like freaking physical yeah like it's just like you're moving constantly it really does feel like a workout yeah I remember when I was a barista slash cook slash dishwasher I was on my feet eight hours running around no bathroom break nope yeah. Straight through. Yeah. And then grazing. you're like, oh my God, it was eight hours or 10 hours. Yeah. I grazed a lot though. I was it, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're a grazer. Just like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, a little bite of that. And yeah. Like, I'm tasting those. Pa- I taste every pasta that goes out. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we all have to. It's so important as a chef. Um, so I'm, you know, I can eat fusilli all day long. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm with you, girl. I'm still not sick of it. Oh my God. Okay. So let's say someone's listening to this that wants to get in. Yeah. That's your water that wants to get into the food industry and become a chef, what advice would you give them? Um, you have to be okay with being bad. You have to be okay with being vulnerable um, and making mistakes. Uh, cooking is very transparent, and so you have to know that going in. 
um, that a lot of great chefs are really fast and quick because they have a lot of muscle memory in the space that they've known for however long. Um, so a lot of times with cooks, they get really nervous. They come in for an interview stage or they work with us for a day and they're like, I was so bad. And, and I'm always like, your first day is never going to really show me fully all that you're able to do. And like p- chefs have passed on me, you know, for, cause I was so nervous, you know, my first day and I was like, Oh, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I let that show too much. A lot of chefs are, ex- you know, ex- wanting someone to come in who's eager who has like uh, a lot of respect for cooking and respect for the space. And you can see that in a lot of ways in a lot of um, how someone carries themselves. Like if they're like wiping down a counter or whatever they're doing, they're doing it with like integrity and um, staying just respectful, I think is, is one thing that I notice right off the bat with anyone. Sometimes I'm not even concerned about the resume as much as I'm like, when you come into a space, are, are you carrying yourself with confidence, with respect? Are you eager to learn? Um, enthusiastic about learning and can you like treat the team with respect for the day that you're there and then I kind of go from there but my my advice is just to be okay with knowing that it's going to be hard and that you might not be the best but you can keep showing up and build those skills yeah that's amazing I love that you look for all of those different elements I think they're super important yeah I mean people come in with the best knives and the best tools but I'm like do you know how to use that knife like realistically and like you know, I, I just want to see that you can come in and like work as directed and then go from there. Yeah, totally. Totally. You are such an inspiration, such a gem. You are a wealth of knowledge. This has been so great chatting with you. I feel Thank like I could chat you. with you for three more hours. For sure. We um, could. We could. We really could. You'll have to come back on. Um, let everyone know, one, where they can find you and two, where they can find John and Vinny's. Okay. So um, you can find me at um, Full Court Press on Instagram. Uh, Courtney's store. You can look it up. I'm on there. You'll find me. Um, and... To John and Vinny's, uh, 412 North Fairfax is our first location and our second location at 11938 San Vicente in Brentwood. Please come to Brentwood. I need I need some friendly faces over there. We'll be there. Okay. I'm <laughs> booking over, my reservation. I'm having Mads book us a reservation. Come through. I'll make you something special. I promise. Yay. And you can find OKSIS at OKSIS Podcast. Thanks, sisters. Okay.